0: This is the Joy of Gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast. I am Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseka. And we are back to talk about some games. Um, There has been quite a few interesting games we've been playing. And not only that, um, but there's been some cool news recently. The Nintendo Direct, some big controversy over at IGN. Um, I've been playing an older game uh, called The Witcher 3 that I can't wait to talk (laughs) about. You've played some of that, right? Yes. Awesome. So we can talk some about that. I'm sure you have some games and some news stories you want to touch on as well. Absolutely. Awesome. So tell me, what's been going on with you, Jordan? Everything going good? I think you just had a big uh, a big event happen in your life, no?
1: Yeah, no. The, uh, it's been a bit since we recorded. I had my third Kickstarter for another comic project called We Have to Go Back that just wrapped up. Um, successfully funded! Successfully funded. Well, over the funding goal as well. I mean, this is, by a lot of metrics, probably the most successful Kickstarter I've
0: had, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, it's exciting. It's also probably your most original idea, and and just and your most heartfelt. You said, right?
1: Yeah, I really enjoy uh, the the story on this one. It's about a couple in the post apocalypse who end up. Uh, they've they've survived for over a year in hiding. But, you know, they're running law on supplies and they don't quite agree on what they should do next. And the story is kind of about how their relationship has changed in the year uh, and generally about how relationships change in long term, you know, over years of being together and as things change in your own lives. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It was funded. It's going to come out in January um, and it'll be available for regular order as well because uh, I also have a Gumroad now if you want to buy any of my older a books. Gumroad? gumroad it's like an online store but if what? it's good
0: gumroad.com I, a, I am so out of touch i have a gumroad like come on and what sentence what kind of sentence is that man come if on.
1: you go to gumroad.com slash jordan Alseca, you can pick up finding peace uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing which is a mini comic i printed for heroes con um and a couple other things so those, nice. those are on there um but jordan, yeah now Alseka
0: creator is uh, is in full effect
1: yeah, no, there's been a lot. I'm always working on comic stuff, but you know, I'm also playing games a good bit. So
0: awesome! So we got yeah, a lot to talk a lot about that. About. Good, good, excellent. Um, well, on that note, why don't we start off with some cool news stories? Um, let's start with a fun one. Let's jump right into the Smash Brothers Direct. Um, so I am not a big Smash fan, but a lot of people are, and you are one of those people. Um, so tell me what's been announced since. We talked about the original Nintendo Direct with Smash on our E3 episode, which is the last episode. So this is the first announcement since then. Now, just as a catch-up, what I remember from that Direct was that um, they basically said every single uh, cast member of any of the Smash Brothers games, including Snake and Sonic and everybody else, are going to be back in this one. Anyone that's ever been in the game is back. And then, in addition to that, there's going to be a couple new characters. Um, uh, Ridley is one of them, but beyond that, not too much to expect. So that's where we left off. Um, where do we go from here?
1: Uh, well, so this this was more built around introducing features, introducing what kind of content was going to be in the game. Um, and there, there was a lot. So it kind of made a list of, of the big things that have come to this. And, and again, it was another... Twenty-six minute video.
0: <laughs> oh God, man! If only they could talk about other things as passionately. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, they—it's a big
1: game, um, yeah. and that was kind of the focus of this. Outside of just that, they'd already announced seventy uh, or sixty or seventy some characters. This brought in even more stuff, including—and I'll start with the big things—they uh, announced five new characters, two of which are legitimately new, three of which are more Echo Fighters. Five
0: um, new characters.
1: Yeah. So the Echo Fighters. Are again, they, they talked about in the last video. It's where you have characters that were clone characters or, or palette swaps essentially in the older games uh, that have slight variations to like their stats and their movesets, but are more or less the same. So, like um, Mario and Dr. Mario, or. Peach, and then they announced Daisy as a right. Echo Fighter for Daisy. So in this, they announced characters that are hugely requested, basically. And I mean, that seems to be the theme of this game: is Sakurai uh, giving fans what they've yelled at him for for <laughs> two decades.
0: <laughs> he's um, also considered like what the most overworked, tortured game developer in history, right? He just does nothing but work on Smash. That's like day, morning, noon, and night,
1: pretty much. And this, this, uh, he's always saying next, the next Smash will be his last. But I. Uh, this seems like he means it this time, given all that they're doing, but uh, as far as Echo characters, the two they announced were Dark Samus, who is, you know, the, like, dark version of Samus from the Metroid Prime games. Okay. Uh, and Crom, who's the protagonist of Fire Emblem Awakening, who will okay. be an Echo fighter based on Lucina, which brings the, there's seven Fire Emblem came, get characters in the game now. That's a lot, okay. Yes. Uh, but then the third Echo Fighter was also attached to the new fighter they announced, uh, which is Simon Belmont was announced as the first new fighter. Uh, in really direct. cool. Kind of a long-demanded character given Castlevania started on Nintendo. Uh, right. He's technically, you know, he's a third-party character, but he is coming. Great. Uh, but he is also coming with... Richter from Rondo of Blood, you know, famously known from the beginning of Symphony of the Night for fighting Dracula. He will be an echo fighter of Simon, so Simon and Richter were both announced. Whole stage based on Dracula's castle. Alucard is an assist trophy, and those are some of the big things. So that was the nice. first big announcement. They had what was really funny, they had they've been doing these videos showing off the new characters. And uh, the, the 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 Ridley introduction video showed Ridley like killing Mega Man and Mario. Quote unquote, you know, looked pretty violently. This one has death literally scything through Luigi because like the, the trailer starts off with Luigi like he's going to Dracula's castle as if he's going to do Luigi's mansion to it and try to like <laughs> suck the ghosts up. But uh, they're more serious and real. Was he humming uh, a tune on the way? He, uh, well, he was mostly terrified and running okay. scared. All right, uh, but he was killed by death, so there was like a big memorial for Luigi on Twitter since his soul and was literally ripped from his body in this video.
0: That's a good way to put it. I, I don't follow Smash, and everywhere I go, I'm like, "R.I.P. Luigi. Luigi's dead. You know, um, we, we miss you, Luigi." All over the place. Yeah, it's crazy. I've seen um, like the clip or like the Photoshop of of just him. And, like, the ghost, like, coming out of him and him falling away. It looks really sad <laughs> in certain yeah. contexts.
1: Um, but, you know, Simon's been wanted for a long time. Uh, Richter's a cool alt version of him. Uh, and now Castlevania's in the game. So it's it's a cool announcement. The other big character they announced is another hugely requested fighter. Uh, King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong Country wow. series was announced as okay. a new fight. All right. Uh, again, probably bringing a new stage specifically for King K. Rule. Um, and then, you know, he's got a moveset. He looks like a heavy, kind of like Bowser or DDD. Uh, but yeah, you know, two big, big, long-time wanted characters. Uh, we're still four months out from release, so there's plenty of time for a couple of more directs to, you know, announce even more big wanted characters.
0: Awesome. Um, ha- uh, what else What else was announced? So those are the, f- the characters. Was there any other news? Uh, quite a bit. But, uh, okay. the, the big thing is they announced the... Current, and
1: I say current because if they announce more characters, I think they'll announce more stages. Uh, Stage total is 103 stages are in the game. Okay. Uh, Based on, a vast majority based on previous stages from past games. Uh, They showed the select screen. There's a lot more customization available to the stages. So instead of just 103 stages, it brings back the Omega mode feature, which basically makes any stage into Final Destination. It also has a set where you can keep the topography of a stage but turn off the environmental hazards. So, like, the one they showed off was the Yellow Devil attacking you on Mega Man stage. You can tur- turn all that off and just have the battlefield. Okay. Um, the thing that they added in addition to that is they announced Stage Morph, which is where you can pick any two stages before you start a match. And during the match at whatever intervals you set or at random intervals, it will morph between the two stages so that you can have, like, even more customization with what type of arena you're fighting on.
0: Interesting. And also it settles arguments like which arena you're going to fight on.
1: I'm fighting on both. Yeah, it gives you the chance to do that. Um, they announced a bunch of modes. They announced a smash-down mode where every fight, any characters that were selected aren't allowed to be selected again. So you have to keep changing up. They nice. announced a 3v3 mode that's sort of like, you know, you go and you fight with one character. And then instead they, they sort of act like live stocks and you switch between them. Uh, tournament mode is there. Uh, the, the classic mode is back. And instead of being random, every character is going to have sort of like a set number of uh, – or set stages and characters that they'll fight and kind of be themed, which is not nice – again, additional detail being put into it. Um, and then lastly, on, in terms of modes and stuff, there was a blurred-out mystery mode on the screen that they didn't announce what it was. And it may be campaign? It may be a campaign. It may be a boss rush. There was a lot of talk of, like, boss – like, they, they announced one thing they said was there's a – the Rathalos from Monster Hunter is going to be a – stage boss and a trophy and he's the first character to ever do both of those in one game so a lot of people are theorizing on what that could mean but the big hope would be story mode if the idea is this is everything smash has ever done then a story mode would it. be pretty nice
0: well um, you know, if the, the, not the sub the subspace emissary i i don't love smash but that's probably my favorite thing that i ever did in smash it's really fun
1: yeah now and even if they don't do uh a full-on subspace emissary they might do something like Adventure Mode from Melee, where it was less intense narrative, but it was, you know, themed stages based on all of the different characters in the game. And with as many characters as there are in this one, you could do a really robust mode of of different themed levels based on those different game campaigns.
0: Well, so, you know, Nintendo has a, a stable of fans that have grown up with Nintendo, and we um, like campaign modes in games that typically don't have campaign modes. Fighting games... Um, you know things like um uh infamous is it infamous what's the one with this uh the d c is it infamous injustice yeah. injustice yeah so in- Inju- yeah infamous is sucker punch it's got um injustice you know has a deep campaign mortal Kombat did um you know dragon ball fighters has just a crazy sixty eighty hour campaign somebody was telling me at work. Um, and then, you know, Nintendo really nails this where they do it like, you know, the, like, even like their golf game back in the day on the, what was it, the uh, GBA and then the DS or whatever had these great, I think just the GBA one, right? That yeah. Had a really good golf RPG campaign. Yeah, my game Boy color. Maybe, maybe. But then also, you know, Aces, uh, Mario Aces came out. Now, it wasn't the, the single-player mode people really wanted it to be, but it was a single-player mode, and they touted it heavily. So it's pretty clear that Nintendo fans, especially, you know, aged-up Nintendo fans, really want, you know, that kind of experience in addition to everything else. And why not?
1: Yeah. I mean, the big the big thing is, of course, Smash is always... They, they want it to be accessible, but they also want it to be the hardcore fans, and the hardcore fans love Melee. Uh, so it, it's hard to say, but, I mean, this seems more like trying to be the game for Smash fans while also being accessible, so it could go either way. Got it. Um, oh,
0: the man. last, the oh, last big
1: thing. yeah.
0: <laughs> Got it. I thought you said that was the last big thing. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Uh well that was uh, yeah, uh there there's just a lot. there's um, a lot. They yeah. announced a bunch more assist trophies, Pokemon, um state new item types, so there there's a lot of stuff there. Uh but they also announced the music features will be different. Instead of each stage having set music tracks, uh if you're playing on a stage from a franchise, you can pick any of the tracks from that series. Um, which, you know, for things like Zelda and Mario, Pokemon that have a ton of stages and have had a ton of music tracks but have all been, like, segregated, now it's all kind of mixed together. Uh, In this game, discounting all of the menu and, like, sound effect themes, there are over 800 tracks from across all the Nintendo franchises and the guest franchises. Um, So, if nothing else, it's going to be a huge library of classic game music, and to play into that... They are adding a feature where you can set playlists, you know, create different modes or, or different types of playlists that you want with the music. And then you can listen to your Switch while it's in sleep mode like a music player and just have, like, this collection of Nintendo music from throughout the years to listen to.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of uh, literally everything you could want in a Smash game. Uh, they're, they're doing everything with it. It was a crazy big announcement. And, again, we're four months out from a lease, so I'm sure even more stuff is going to get announced uh, down the road.
0: Very, very cool. Well, uh, speaking of things that are a huge deal um, and have people's attention, um, the No Man's Sky came out in 2016. We talked about it at length. Um, not that we played a ton of it. Did you even play it at all? I don't know. I didn't. I did not. Yeah, but we just had a lot to say about it at the time. So did everybody. Um, and the point is that uh, Sean Murray, creator of the game, Hello Games, um, I guess creative director, um, made a ton of promises in a lot of different places, um, saying all the things that game was going to be. It turned out that it didn't do most, a lot of the things it promised, not to mention it was kind of a dull game with a really cool piece of tech behind it where you go to any planet and it's procedurally generated and there's you know hundreds of thousands of planets. That was all cool tech, but he claimed you could go to a planet and see another player in person, People actually found a way to do that and realized that that wasn't true. So it didn't have multiplayer. It didn't have all these things he promised. Anyway, it was a huge explosion. No Man's Lie became a big meme. They went into seclusion for like two years. And in that time, they've been putting out little updates. Um, And, you know, they had one big update um, that happened – like about a year ago and it was a huge deal where they added like a real campaign and some different stuff but then now they finally have now it was originally a ps4 only game now it's on xbox as well um and it has been re- and it has been sort of subtitled no man's sky next and they fixed a lot of you know those things that people had problems with and it really has come back and really made a resurgence so they sold a ton of copies of the original game even though everybody who bought it or a large portion of them were very disillusioned by it they'd already bought the game so so that's that. That's money in Hello Games coffers. So, but they did the smart thing, and they uh, invested that money. And they invested it in building back their reputation by fixing this game. Um, and they've been doing it over time. And you know, there's no way they'll fully get their rep back, but they're pretty damn close. So originally, when the first game came out with all of that hype and the lies and the whatever, um, 212 concurrent users on Steam was the max. Um, now, in 2018, after all these fixes and the new re-release and all of that, they maxed out recently at 97,000 concurrent users. So almost half what the game had at, at its first launch. So that's pretty impressive and really a good sign that you can fix your game these days. And it really, it really is a different world we live in. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: I've followed it roughly because I follow people who like the game or wanted to see more from the game. Sure. Uh, Stuff Skeletons from Fighting did a big video on day one patches. Uh, and I actually talked a good bit about, the you know, the, the history of it and how they were kind of, like, forced into a corner of releasing probably earlier than what they wanted to because mm-hmm. Sony put so much money behind it and was, like, touting it like one of their
0: first-party games, so they didn't really have a choice. And they're, like, Hello Games is, like, five people, and then it, like, grew to, like, 12. It's, it's just a, a tiny studio.
1: Yeah, um, and, you know, they've added small things. Uh, I haven't read too much about this update, but, yeah, I've seen that it's gotten a good response. I've seen that it's on Xbox now. It feels like a second... Uh, birth for it. I mean, it's still at its core. People do, you know, I, I, again, I was someone who never saw anything that was not like when when they were hyping that game. I never saw anything that got me personally excited.
0: Me neither. There was no part of that game mechanically. I wanted to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of people have those same problems now where it's like, well, you go to planets and you harvest and you ha- you have a lot of busy work between the actual fun things you can do.
0: It's the truth. Um, the the response, even though it's been uh, you know much more positive than ever before, still there's big videos online like, hey, No Man's Sky fixed almost all of its problems. But I don't think I like it anyway. You know, a lot of that out there, and I yeah. and I could see that because I don't really see what part of that game. It's brilliant technically. Wow, that five people basically started that game, but man, does it just not have a promise that I want? I don't even want it to deliver on. There's no promise there for me. Um, I, it's just going to be you know crappy gunplay if ever. Um, apparently this the planets. You know, after you've been to ten, you've been to all of them. Um, and and that makes sense. I mean, how many assets can a team make? Um, so it makes sense that it, that it's very repetitive and having to constantly gather resources in a game that, I don't know. I mean, I can, you got to power up your little laser shooter, which is the thing that lets you harvest more stuff. You got to fill up the tank of your thing. Your suit can break. You can get heat stroke or th- heat through your suit or, I mean, it's, I, I'm not going to talk about it cause I, you know, I don't really know the details, but from everything I've heard, it's just constant. Like you said, busy work and it doesn't sound
1: fun. No, I mean, now. It,
0: it for some people like the Minecraft set or yeah.
1: stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it makes and sense. The survival set. And if it was a game more built around like that co op experience, I could even see getting into it. But yeah, you know it, it just doesn't pull me in. Um, it's good for the people that paid all that money to, to for the game and are sticking with it for the game to continue to get updates. And I'm sure they're going to yeah. continue updating it. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: but anyway, so I was happy to see that. I love a good redemption story, a good underdog story. And so, um, you know, that we we spent, and the whole games industry spent plenty of time, you know, talking trash about how bad things went. So it's good when we have a redemption story here. So happy to see that. Definitely. Um, what else do we have? Um, this isn't a big story or anything. Everybody knows the Switch is massively, wildly successful. But I recently saw an article that said that they've sold 20 million consoles plus now. Um, so the Switch is just on its way. And man, let me just say as an aside... Oh my goodness, are there a lot of games I want to buy on Switch now. Have you had this, like, problem of an embarrassment of riches like I'm having?
1: Yeah, I mean, everything's coming to it, uh, old and new.
0: I mean, I am dying to play Dead Cells. I am dying to play um, Iconoclast. And I was actually going to get it on my Vita, but now I'd much rather have it on Switch. It just finally came to Switch. I haven't played Celeste, so I have that, you know, whole bag of of beautiful gems to, to sift through. Um, I have, uh, there's so many, what else is there on there that just, that just launched that looks cool?
1: Uh, um, I mean, a lot of ports, Crypt of the dancer came there, Uh um, Chasm, 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 Grim Fandango's coming, they've had a lot of adventure games, and I think a lot more planned to come, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything you could want.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like no holds barred, man, uh, it's, it's insane, so anyway, I, I went on there to pick up Dead Cells earlier this evening, um, I just, while I was waiting, and I was like... Oh my god, but maybe I want Celeste. Oh, but wait, here's Iconoclasts. Oh, but wait. I mean it's 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 tough. It's a it's really tough to choose.
1: Um, I mean, more stuff every week too. And you know, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is coming. Like they're again, they're getting games that are concurrent with the PS4 and the Xbox One. Not all of them, but you know, a lot of a good number of them are starting to come that way, the lower end powerful wise ones.
0: I know another one I wanted. Okami HD just dropped. That's this is finally going to be my opportunity to get further than two hours into that game. I'm thinking, but that's like my that's like my uh, my Everest, much like that game, and uh, even more so. Of course, we used to always joke on the old version of the podcast about me and uh, uh, Castlevania: Lords of Shadow, right?
1: No, that's everyone. Uh, nobody okay. wants to play that game.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: nobody, it's... nobody, w- nobody wants to not have finished it, but nobody actually does.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so long, and yet it's a good game, but like, I just can't I can't get through it. One day, man, one day I will climb Everest and we will make it happen. Um, but um, but anyway, Switch is super successful. Um, everybody knows that at this point. I had a guy, I was talking about video games in Starbucks the other day, just us, uh, Witcher 3 and, and, and A Little Hollow Knight. Dude walks over to me, he goes, yo, and this happens every once in a while, you're talking about games in public, I'm sure you've had the experience. Guy comes over and he goes, uh, I couldn't help but hear what you guys were talking about. Um, I'm going to buy a Switch here in just a minute, um, and um, I just was wondering, are there any good shooters? What shooters would you recommend for the Switch? And I was like, well, damn, of all the things, I don't have a good answer for you. I was like, maybe Splatoon? But that's not what you're gonna want if you play Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. And then I was like, Maybe um the new Colossus? And he's like, Yeah, I already played that. And I was like, Well, uh, but but you know Doom's I mean, on there. I know but he's yeah. probably played that. He probably has played that. So I was like, Man, of all the questions you could have asked about Switch, like that's the one I don't have a kick-ass answer for.
1: I mean um, Splatoon's probably your best choice. Oh, but sure. I mean more, more things are coming, so I'm sure they'll get slightly more robust in terms of oh, their shooter. And...
0: Of course I said. Fortnite, um but you know that's again that's that's you know that's he's probably already played that you know um so anyway so i thought that was uh that was an interesting anecdote but it just goes to show he told me a little bit i was like what well, you know so you're picking it up but you don't, but you play shooters. That's a little weird. And he was like, um, well, I'm in law school now and I'm never home, but I love video games and I'm waiting around a lot. So I want to play my shooters while I'm at law school. And I was like, well, how about this? Have you heard of Hollow Knight? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> like maybe this would be a great, What I, my actual pitch to him was this would be a great opportunity for you to diversify what you love and really find out like why there's all these other great games out there. I would recommend Hollow Knight. He was like, oh yeah. And I was like, dude, just try it. Trust me. And believe me, everybody that plays that game ends up loving it. I mean, it's just that good.
1: It's a very good game. We talked at length about
0: it. <laughs> we did. I won't go into it, but it is uh, it is woo. It's exceptional.
1: I still right. need to finish it because uh, you know I, I got I finished out the White Palace and I just need to do the final boss, really. Um, b- barring collecting stuff and all wait, the other stuff. Wait, you're going to
0: take on the Radiance? If that's the final boss, you mean the secret final?
1: Yeah, that was the point of getting the pearl or whatever two pieces I put together.
0: Uh, let me just say, man, I can't wait to hear how you're your, your, <laughs> trials and tri- tribulations with him. He is woo. Oh, I have another big game that's coming out. Uh and I think I don't think it's coming no, it's not Switch, but um I just it just hit my uh, phone here. Guacamelee! 2. Like this snuck up on me.
1: So well, it only to- got like a release date announced about 2 weeks before the release date, so
0: Oh, you mean that just got announced I didn't realize that I thought recently it might have been a
1: little bit a month ago but no no they I mean the game got announced a year ago but they only announced that it was coming out next week about a month ago maybe
0: well that's anyway it' snuck up on us uh, by definition but still oh my god am I pumped like just just thinking about that game gets me giddy it's that fun it's a good one it's just so fun um, cool and I think there might be a little bit more oh talk about um, your your thing. Um, about, uh, so, uh, yeah. speaking
1: of game releases for this year, uh, the biggest was that, for me, and it wasn't even so much... Actually, it was only in the past week that it really got announced, but uh, as many people know, who are longtime listeners, <laughs> uh, my favorite games of all time, uh, if I'm going narrative, is Persona 4, but in terms of pure gameplay, I still love the Earth Defense Force games, uh-uh. where you just shoot giant bugs and dinosaurs and whatnot. But... Earth Defense Force 5 came out in Japan last December, and it's just been kind of waiting to hear when it would come east or west, and they announced that it is going to be in the west before the end of the year.
0: Awesome. There's there's a lot more servicing. I mean, just as the games industry gets bigger, you know, things like Fortnite and all that stuff blows up huge. But that also means that the smaller stuff, get, the audience for that stuff gets larger. So, like, we're now getting every single one of the Yakuza games remade. We're now getting things like Earth Defense Force brought over. Dragon Quest Eleven is, I mean, that would have come anyway, probably. But, I mean, these things are, they're doing the Switch port, you know? Like, these things are happening for us these east eastern you know fandom games are coming here and i'm so pumped about it maybe not about edf maybe this will be the one to grab me
1: i mean it's coming only to ps4 so you know we'll be playing it on that um i look i mean i'm gonna go ahead and you know i'll be honest it's probably gonna be a a contender i might just remove it from the running because it you know i i have no doubt it'll be my game of the year so have you looked at it and stuff yeah, it looks like Earth Defense Force, <laughs> which means it'll take probably the spot of my favorite game
0: of all time. Oh, you're so annoying with that shit. What? Okay, so what happened after? So there was there was that weird one that was on PS4 that you never played or something that was like a remake or something. And well, it was a port
1: from from the 360 PS3 version of 2025. So it was EDF 4.1. It had all the DLC. Uh, it was just kind of like yeah, a port.
0: Did you play EDF 4? Is that the one that's game that your favorite ever? That's twenty twenty five,
1: yeah. Um, oh. Now they're just it's just EDF five. They're just going with the Japanese titles.
0: Okay, all right,
1: cool. Um, but no, I mean, look, I love Earth Defense Force. It's my favorite game of all. I think just on a pure gameplay level, when I get into it and I can play hours of it, it it there's so much content and it's just fun in a way that is alchemic. I mean, it, it they're very low budget games that manage to do a lot with a little. Um, the the biggest uh, kind of like uh, Resident Evil Six. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, you know the only other game anything like that that's coming is Earth Defense Force Iron Rain, which is being developed by another p- studio, kind of like Insect Armageddon, but not. I was that just going to say that's weird, uh, and it's going to be a more serious, allegedly. But they they released some character profiles for it, but it's very Japanese in some of the ways. It's like or or very stereotypical like Japanese game thing. Where there's, like, a whole thing uh, – disc- you can go to the website and it talks about, like, the character profiles for the Iron Rain team. Um, and, you know, there's the the wizened leader and then there's a young girl who's on the team and, you know, uh, she lost her family. And it talks about all of this, right? It's like, lost her family. She's kind of quiet and reserved. Mm-hmm. And then the last sentence of the um, – uh, I forget the exact wording, but it's basically, also, she has large breasts.
0: Oh, my so – it's, so it's like tongue-in-cheek. No, the rest of it's dead serious. <laughs> so That's I That's really weird. I don't, get I the don't tone. know. That what reminds think. me of that that uh, um Digital revol- Devolver uh Devolver Digital um that sounds like the same kind of tone that they took in a weird way. Like with their E3 conferences yeah. or just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no, there is uh
1: Earth Defense Force. I'm always excited for it. That that'll it's be coming, coming before soon. Don't before worry, long.
0: don't worry, podcast listeners. You'll be hearing a hell of a lot about Earth Defense Force whenever it drops.
1: Well, you, you mentioned dead cells. Any any news in the dead cells
0: <laughs> realm? <laughs> I, I was going to segue and then I messed it up. Um, so okay, this blow this story blows my mind. Uh, I'm going to not bury the lead, and I'm just going to say that IGN has just had something happen that Jason Schreier over at Kotaku says he has not, in his years of covering video games, seen anything like this happen, especially on this level. Um, IGN has been accused and basically convicted of plagiarism um, by the uh, masses. Um, what happened was there is a guy, his name is Philip M-Musin, um, and uh, he got a job in November of 2017 as the Nintendo editor at IGN. Now, can I just like take a moment to pour one out for how amazing and ridiculous of an opportunity that is? Are you kidding me? Anybody that's ever on IGN, you can do that for three, four years, and then you can have a Patreon and make 50,000 a month and go do whatever you want to do. It is the ticket. If you want to stay at IGN for 10 years, you can do that and go see every game that's ever been made, go to every E3 with full access. I mean, everything, any game enthusiast would ever want not only that but he's the nintendo guy there's about hundred thousand people that would like possibly murder somebody on purge night for that honor right and and yet he takes this opportunity (laughs) he gets made the either the host or the co-host of the nintendo podcast And this is when i first saw him on the nintendo um podcast that they do um something um voice chat nintendo voice chat Um, that they do on IGN and it's him and he like sits right across from Per Schneider, the, 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 the CEO guy who created IGN. Like he's right there with him talking Nintendo and he's made, was made the host of this once the guy that used to host it sort of left for, I forget what he's doing now. So this dude does this for six, seven, eight months or whatever move up and tilt and I saw him on one of these and I was like wow that's a new face how did he get that job that's interesting cuz he looked a little bit I'm not going to say I predicted this of course that's not what I'm saying but I'm just saying he did look a little like this is a little weird but then again I've had that reaction a lot when I see people that get like big jobs like the guy who went onto giant bomb um, they, like they, they hadn't hired anybody in forever and they brought this new guy in and I saw him and I was like, oh, that's a little odd. Um, so, I'll, and then, and then they win you over, you know? And so that's how that works. So I expected that would happen with this guy. I was like, ah, I'm just not used to seeing his face. When I get used to him, I'll, I'll get it. So then I see a Kotaku podcast i listen to split screen every week it's one of my favorite podcasts and it says plagiarism at ign and i could not wait to hit that because i read ign all the time (laughs) Um, and i just couldn't believe this i was like this can't be real but if schreier is reporting on it it's probably real so i put on this podcast and he's like stumbling over the name philip musen and i'm like i know that dude holy shit it's that guy and and so it turns out that what this guy did was he used to by the way he used to be a youtuber so he like used to be like a smaller time youtube guy talking about nintendo and stuff like that and then somehow that backdoored him into IGN i don't really know the story but this dude took the a review that a a a web a youtuber that only had like 14,000 followers boomstick gaming who does like game reviews he took his review changed like 10 words of the entire review and then made his own video that is note for note, thought for thought, concept for concept, obscure word for obscure word plagiarism of this dude's video. I can't believe it. I can't even believe it. When I saw the video and you got to see it. It's 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 uncanny. It, it will blow your mind when you see it that a guy at IGN with that kind of opportunity could be could do this. And He's there and, and you and the and the guy from Boomstick like wasn't even being an asshole about it. He's like, you know, I, I just I wish IGN he went to Forbes and he talked about it. He's like, I wish IGN had like credited me. I'd like to, you know, be brought in on some of the you know ad share because that's my work, you know. But I don't want to see Philip Mewson fired because I know how bad it is to be fired. Guy's really cool. Now he's at thirty thousand followers. This is actually gonna be a really good thing for him, and that's great. That part that's the one real silver lining to this story is that guy's getting some serious buzz and you know his talent is being shown, you know. Um, but anyway, I guess Philip Mewson thought this dude was so small time that nobody would figure out he completely word-for-word word aped his entire review. Now people have gone back and seen that Philip Mewson did the same thing, a little bit more obscured, with like his FIFA for Switch review and some other reviews. He's a straight-up chronic plagiarist. And Please. so he he just – he literally – he, and, and, and and I'm like trying to get to the – I mean I can't even fathom this. To me, come on – you hear the way I ramble. Come on the microphone and just say some whack shit because at least it's going to be original. <laughs> like what's the point of just – I mean what is the possible thing to be gained? So I'm just – that's my wonder at this because I just – it's so removed from anything I can imagine. Like there's certain crimes. I'm like I could see why somebody would do that. This is not one of those. Like I just don't get it and 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 so there's this guy called Dreamcast guy you can see I'm really into this right there's yeah. this guy called Dreamcast guy online and he supposedly like has met Philip a couple times and like they've talked offline and things like that and since Philip's been at um ign and apparently it turns out that like the, the culture of working at IGN especially as a new person but maybe always is eighty hour weeks so you literally just do nothing but play games like capturing footage like not just fun playing games like work playing games and i always knew that was a lot of work but it's 80 hours and the demands are supposedly so high that he was getting so stressed he couldn't believe it and this and now this isn't something that philip musen has come out and said like this is why i did it this is just what dreamcast guy has said he talked to philip about months earlier that he's really stressed and overworked at ign so that's the only possibility is that he either didn't have time to play the game or that he played a little bit of the game and he just really needed to get this review out because he procrastinated and he was going to look like a fool to IGN, whatever it was. But to me, like, that's like – I mean, just to even do like a subpar job of that review or or like a pretty decent job, I could crank it out in three hours, an original take on it, you know, after playing the game. Mm. I just don't understand. I mean, it seems like it would take an hour and a half or two hours just to plagiarize the thing. I mean, he's – I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and then also, the thing that burns me the most about it is, I mean, I, obviously, it's some kind of mental thing because it's just, it's, it's, it's it, he's out of his mind to do that. And, if, and when the internet, the guys doesn't, it's not like he's like, he's not huge, Broomstick, but he's got 14,000 subscribers. Somebody's going to notice. Like, you really, or Boomstick's going to notice. His reviews are, are, um, structured the same way IGN's reviews are, which a lot of people do. That's not you know a plagiarism issue. It's just a certain uh, style and format that people do with video reviews. And, and they're very – I mean, so obviously Boomstick watches IGN. Um, I mean, it's just it's, – it's, it baffles me that Philip Muson thought he could get away with this. And then it really bothers me is that how could he squander that opportunity? What is he thinking squandering that? Just go to your supervisor and say, look, I, I'm overworked. Uh, I got. I can't do this review. You're gonna have to give it to somebody else, or, or, uh, you know, I'm sorry. You know, put put a mark against me. But he threw his entire career away instead. What is he thinking? I don't know. Sorry, I ranted for a while. What do you think about all this?
1: Uh, It's pretty crazy. It's unfortunate. Um, I, you know, I if you can already go to IGN, actually just posted their replacement review. (laughs) Oh, did they? Yeah, as of
0: 5:21 p.m.
1: Is my still,
0: time is it still a nine seven it's a nine five better better that's a little more reasonable it's another thing that got all the all the uh eyes on it they had the highest review of anybody who reviewed it who who took that uh fell on that sword
1: uh the Brandon Terrell
0: okay wow man I don't know if I would wanted that job <laughs> you know of reviewing that afterwards I mean you know still it's just wow I mean that is shockingly good game on the ever-changing guts oh my god this is funny um you can see that like he probably like very specifically avoided <laughs> all of the different cuz you know another thing that's come up out of all this and for good reason is the idea of gaming clichés or clichés in game reviews so there are a lot of things and language that's used all the time like silky smooth graphics or fluid level design, just different things like that that are just you the know The classics. Right, exactly. Well said. And so it seems like, and that's come up a lot in this is like, what is plagiarism? Is it plagiarism or is it just using well worn tropes of video game reviews? And this this far, far crosses the uh, crosses the, uh, the the road on that one. Um, also, I don't, I I sort of didn't say this, but of course IGN fired uh, Philip. Um, he's out now. Well, yeah. um, they did that. Yeah, that was a foregone conclusion. I almost didn't need to say it, but three days later, he's out um and uh, they released a a, a a statement and they said you know of course integrity is our number one most important thing it's all we have with our fans is their trust we're going to we remove the review we've parted ways with philip and you know we're going to move forward and really monitor this issue to make sure it's not a problem you know everybody else is out there saying well it doesn't really matter everybody's still going to write you know ig enter plagiarist frauds forever on their reviews you know they'll never fully live it down but at least it's you know they took care of business and um sure so i don't know it's just it's 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 lose lose all the way around except for boomstick and so that part of it's good and i think i'll just celebrate that to not be too upset about squandering that opportunity god what are you doing yeah <sighs> uh yeah, it's,
1: I mean, it's so enraging, it just makes you want to kill all the demons in hell, I guess.
0: It. Oh, man, you're terrible. You're terrible tonight. <laughs> I seriously was going to say, I was my, my I got so enraged <laughs> that I stopped thinking, but I was going to do a segue, like, speaking of uh, people that are rotting in hell, or something like that. Uh, but you, <laughs> you did a much better one. Uh, so let's talk about what?
1: Doom Eternal. Uh, it was had its first gameplay footage at QuakeCon,
0: right? Yep, is that what's yep. going on? Yeah, it is going on. Um, and it is a bro fest. If you watch like the footage before it, Marty Stratton and this other dude roll out and everyone's like, woo 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 woo. I mean it, it seriously looks like a UFC audience. It's crazy. people are rabid. No offense, uh uh id fans. I'm sure a lot of you are, are you know, um stiff upper lip uh, upper lip um anyway, that's not going anywhere good. You go go ahead.
1: No. Uh so yeah, Doom Eternal had some footage. I didn't watch the whole video because and I don't mean this derisively, but I was watching. and I was like, "Yeah, this looks like more Doom." Um, yeah. And there's obviously like new, new stylish kills. There are some new weapons. There's the Doom sword, guy's got like a yeah, like a, a blade on his wrist, and
0: um, he's got a his, weapon with a big meat hook on the front of it.
1: Yeah, he can like pull himself towards enemies with his shotgun. Uh, it looks great. I mean, it looks like Doom. And Doom twenty six it, has it been that long. Doom twenty sixteen uh, was one of the best surprises of that year. It was just mad fun um i think it was just like a little uh, just like two levels too long because when i finally went back to play the rest of it i only (laughs) had like two levels left
0: that was so Um, funny that when you told me that you were like yeah i realized that was basically at the end Yeah,
1: which was unfortunate. And, you know, that's that's so close to perfect. It was just a matter of, you know, the game going a little longer than them being able to introduce new demons and whatnot. The big question with this one will be, you know, introducing new stuff uh, because you want it to feel different. You don't want it to just be like a level pack. Um, It's not the 90s anymore. So you want it to evolve things. You want it to be new enemies, new weapons, uh, new upgrades and secrets uh, and everything in that game works so well together to feel both modern and old school. So I hope that continues with Doom Eternal.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm sure it will. And the other thing too um, is that um, there's the uh, invasions is like a new thing that's going on. Um, yes, so, the so Dark you, Soulsian type thing they have. Um, and so if they do that right, that could be pretty interesting um, to see um, how to see how that works.
1: Which is to say, you know, if you uh, players can
0: invade other players' games, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so you know, so I've, I've, I saw a little of the response to that, and it seems to be pretty mixed to positive. I mean, you don't have to have it on, so that's it's not oh, yeah, one I of mean. those things. But I mean, it's it's a cool uh, thing for me. I mean, I didn't play any of the multiplayer stuff in that game. I know that that was like a thing um, for some people, but uh,
1: it had a very robust level editor too, so you could create your own content to upload to their to like Doom Net or whatever it was called. Yeah, um, that was a it was a full package. I'm sure they're going to continue that this time.
0: Yeah um so anyway that's uh that's that's interesting all right let's see what else we've got um bear with me one second here okay um so um what else do we have is there any other news stories i think that's about it right oh i got a funny little thing i want to mention ryan reynolds have you seen all these uh youtube ads i have not Oh my goodness! They're so prevalent. I can't believe you haven't seen them. Um, so Ryan Reynolds is all over YouTube with this, um, this like promoting an app, like a, a video game app, um, and uh, it's it's insane. Like I don't even know what game it is, it, but it, but it plays like what is that game? Um, you know how you like Candy Crush? What is that other King game where you like you touch something and like every other like colored block that's near it disappears? Uh, I don't know off the top uh, of my head. It's the zoo one. Um, um, I vaguely know, but I couldn't give you the name of it. (laughs) Well, anyway, I'm going to pull this one up right now. The app commercial is Toon Blast. Have you heard of Toon Blast? No. Okay. Well, anyway, you basically, there's a bunch of, like, colored... Blocks on the screen, and like you blast out, like what everything that's connected and that's the same color, you tap it and it blasts out. And it's one of those, you know, it's the same kind of thing as Candy Crush where you know you run out of lives and you want five more moves and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, But um, it, you know, he is all over YouTube with that. And every time I turn it on, it's just him. And like basically, he had this really funny one recently. There's a lot of them too, like they must have paid him a lot of money. And there's this one where he's on set and he's got this dude like. Um like his name is uh J- you know Jafar or something like that who's sitting next to him and is like a hugely overweight. Like Hispanic guy who looks nothing like Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds is sitting there, and they're both wearing the same shirt and the same pants, and like the like the guy comes over, the director on this fake set, and he's just like, "Hey Ryan, we need you on set. Like we really need you. Can you put Tune Blast down?" And he's just like, uh, "Oh man, come on, dude. Just have Javier. It was Javier, I think. Have Javier do it. He does all my work on my on screen work now." And then like Javier's like, "Yeah, man. What's the problem?" And he gets up. It's just it's funny. You got to see it. They're really really funny. I just can't believe the investment in him. He's got to be, I mean, he's a huge actor.
1: Yeah. Um
0: so, it's weird.
1: Yeah, it is weird. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else to say yeah i mean Peak games um is the is a developer that's doing it and it's for their hit game toon blast it says while noting i'm looking at pocketgamer.biz it says while noting that celebrity collaboration is hardly new in the world of mobile marketing Peak claims this is the quote first time in advertising history end quote that a celebrity brand partnership will be used specifically for performance marketing purposes wow that is industry largan full uh, jargon largon jargon full Okay, um, so let's move on to some games. Let's talk about some of the stuff we've been playing. Um, well, I have been I, in a hole. Oh, you have another story?
1: I had one more thing, and it's it's on a it's on a less happy note. Okay, but uh, if you just the the reviews are starting to come out for a game that came out today.
0: Oh no! Oh uh, no! Don't no 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 no! I already have my copy pre ordered. I was going to stop and get it, but I had to get home to do this podcast. Please, <laughs> I I I'm trying to I'm trying to not. Like, I'm trying to take my joy, you know? I'm trying to take my joy. <laughs> yeah.
1: then, you don't have to take too much of it, but it is generally getting
0: a a seven. very good story, very m- bad gameplay. Yeah, that's what I read everywhere. And all day today, my heart's been breaking in little pieces. I, I need some joy because I am turning into a downer, and it's not okay. Um, I mean, that game... I mean, it's my. I, I said at E three is my most anticipated game. in part because I'm really in, looking forward to it, and also in part it was. It's coming out soon, like today, as of recording. Yeah. Um, and so i mean, was I'm actually going to get it. I. They actually the Target
1: near me had it had copies out for sale when I was there on Wednesday, but I'm wondering if they just put them out because they thought games went out on Tuesday.
0: Oh well, yeah, but when you get to the register, it says. Yeah, it wouldn't it. I wouldn't let. I but
1: not that yeah. I tried, but yeah. yeah, I was like that. Yeah, but no, I mean. Uh, It it sounds like there's a lot of content because a lot of, you know, IGN themselves were like, yeah, it's about 40 to 50
0: hours. That's insane.
1: Um, Apparently the one campaign is like 25 hours with skipping side quests and then 10 hours for each of the other campaigns.
0: Yeah, Arthur is the main one and then there's a girl and another guy at the end and that are like – you get to see sort of a lot of the same settings and events through two different perspectives. Um, For people that don't know, um, this game was originally in early access uh, I think in 2016. Um, and it was more of a survival procedurally generated game, and everybody, myself largely included, saw this, and it looks just like Bioshock's uh, art, and a lot of the same kind of concepts of like you know people wearing masks. I mean, it takes a lot from Bioshock. Let's be, let's face it, um, the Art Deco styling, the 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 '60s decor. I mean, all of that stuff is very is very Bioshock, but. Um, Everybody that played it in early access and otherwise basically was like, this is cool, but I'm kind of more interested in, like, the world than I am in, like, you know, these weird procedurally generated levels and these, you know, sort of unpolished survival mechanics. And so they took that to heart. They got a lot of money in funding. Um, They recently were acquired by Microsoft, in fact. So... Um, they are Gearbox is publishing the game itself, so um, they revamped it. And then at this year's E3, they basically came out and said, "We now have a story game. It still has survival elements, but you don't have to survive so much as if you keep yourself fed and slept well, that makes you more effective and potent in the game." So it 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 really is a story game. The thing is, Bioshock, as great as the story is, and how that's the most important part, the combat and the level design is still really fun in that game. So. You know, to think that I'm gonna be going through a game that mechanically is gonna be really unfun, I hope that's not true. That's worrisome, especially in a sixty dollar game. Um I'll get twenty percent off at Best Buy, and there was a pre order discount of I think ten dollars. We'll see if those stack. Um but either way, at forty or fifty dollars, it's a lot for that game. I'm hoping it, it isn't disappointing, but man, I'm so oh man, you you just brought down my mood a little, man. I'm sorry. I All just I saw it. it.
1: Um it
0: looks so interesting. You got to admit.
1: I mean, it looks interesting, but if the game plays, uh, uh, if it, if it's, I don't know. I mean, it's there. There is a lot coming out in the next three months that it was never a priority, so that it's not getting great reviews doesn't make me like any more likely to pick it up.
0: Yeah. What is your thought on um, the next couple months? What are your big picks? So, like, one of mine is um, Spider-Man, of course that's yeah that's my number one for the next little while like a lot of people um how about you what else obviously that uh the big ones
1: through the end of the year there's 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 um there's a good number of things so so, yeah spider-man i think is the next big one um after that there's um oh um shoot now I'm, i'm blanking again life is strange 2 starts on the 27th of september Um, and then also Spyro Reignited comes out in September as well. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, is that just the remake ones?
0: Yeah, that's the remake. Oh, nice. That's not that like new game that's been rumored or okay.
1: No, no, no. Uh, Super Mario Party is out in October and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it looks like a return return to form. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like classic Mario Party that they haven't done in over a decade. So is it going to
0: have online? Like we can all play together. Um, I'm not sure. I would assume so. That'd be nice if it does. I think yeah. it does,
1: actually. I think it launches right around the time as their online service.
0: Oh, perfect. Because I am so down for, like, you and me and Kelsey and one oh. other person. Go ahead. I actually, I do remember,
1: there is online, but it's not the board game part. It's just, like, a best-of-five minigame mode. <sighs> yeah.
0: Fuck, man! From, the, from We Happy Few to this, and, and when you hear my take on WarioWare Gold, ah.
1: <laughs> Call it... Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is still kind of up in the air to me. It'll really just depend on how well it gets reviewed and how robust Zombies is. Um, oh, zombies
0: going to be hella robust. I mean, there's no question about that.
1: Oh, I just, man, just looking at this list of games, I, I did think of another story. So I'm going to save this one for the end. Uh, Hitman 2 is in November, and I like, I'm excited for it, but I also haven't played all the content in the first well, Hitman.
0: Here's the thing about that, though. This one is supposedly, it's all releasing at one time. Yeah. And it's going to be more cohesive. So that might help. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it depends on how big it
1: is. It depends on how it's structured. I liked the I, – again, I didn't play Hitman until it was over, but I really wish I had played it episodically. So I'm kind of bummed that this one isn't, but you know, we'll see what the final product is like. Um, then Fallout 76 is coming, which you know, the co-op is what's selling me on that. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is coming out in November. Um, and then the last big game of the year is, of course, Smash Brothers, which is on December 7th. Right. Um, but what I just remembered is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 just had a gameplay footage trailer.
0: That's true. I didn't actually watch it. I know that's sacrilege in the game world. I feel like I know everything I need to know about that game. I'm going to play the hell out of it, and I, I almost don't want to watch it. What was your take? Did you see it?
1: Yeah, you know, I watched it. I wasn't
0: going to watch it. I kind of just
1: watched it late at night. Um, your will broke down late at night. Not, not No, it wasn't even that. It was, it was kind of bored, and I was waiting for, I think, something to load. Um, but no, you know, it looks like Red Dead Redemption. I mean, it's, it's prettier. They're, they're adding like more talking systems where instead of just fighting or flighting, you can like defuse situations or you can pick fights. Um, there's a big social aspect of getting to know all the members of the gang. Um, I just, on the whole, I, I, you know, it's, it's one of those games where I'm like, man, I wish I cared more. This was coming out. Like I want to want it.
0: I know. I know, Um, I feel the same way. I'm going to play it because I remember fondly the first one. Like, I remember loving playing it. I'm not like other people, though, that were, like, begging Microsoft to put it on backwards compatible so I could play it again. Like, I feel like I have zero desire to play that game again. Maybe that'll change closer to launch when the hype becomes really real. But with the second one, I... All I remember is a, having a good feeling while I was playing the first one. I don't remember like any parts of the first one that I'm dying to like do again. That's for no, me I mean, how it is. It's bringing back
1: the dead eye system. Uh, they talked a lot about building a bond with your horse, which That's I cool. wanted to die because I was just like I could care less about. Like my least favorite thing in uh, Breath of the Wild was like catch horses and bond oh. with them. Well, I don't That's, care like, about the
0: I don't care about the catching horses, but in The Witcher Three, I love Roach. And I love like buying new saddles for him. I mean, but that's simple. They don't go too far with it. Yeah, I mean Roach is just. I, there's this. Well, there's a throwaway line in Witcher Three where um, somebody asks Geralt if he's like big into horses, and he's just like, I don't know. I name all my horses Roach. <laughs> he's just like that, you know. And somebody's yeah. like, and then when you win the race, the guy's like, Wow, for a guy who names his horses Roach, you can ride or blah blah blah. <laughs> um, so you know, little 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 flavor like that. Um, but, I, I mean, I like the relationship between man and horse, as bad as that sounds.
1: No, um, I don't know. Just on the whole, it's like Red Dead was so good because it like it hit all of the, the – I mean yeah, the other tropes. It hit all of the Western tropes. It, like, did everything. And then on top of that, it had a big zombie DLC that was, like, ridiculous. So I was never – had they never made Red Dead 2, I don't know that I would have cared.
0: I, which which puts us in the vast minority. No, certainly gamers. Um, Everybody that I talk to at work in the in the you know general world, every time they know I'm a huge fan of video games, they're just like, "You excited for Red Dead?" It's the first thing they almost always say. Nine out of ten times. Yeah, and I just waiting I, that's for that's Red that. Dead. <laughs> you know? Okay, all right. I mean, I'm happy. You're happy. <laughs> you know?
1: It it. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm gonna play it. It's gonna be great. I don't want to make it sound like I don't think it's gonna be a good game because it's absolutely gonna be a good game. And I realized like two weeks ago, I was like, man, it's been it's been five years since GTA Five. Are they ever gonna announce another one? And I'm like, oh, I guess they will after this. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: that's yeah. Did you play through GTA Five all the way? Because I never quite finished it.
1: Uh, no, I finished it. I okay. I wasn't blown away by it. Yeah, um, I haven't been dying for GTA. It was more that they, they had like the after hours content they just released. Uh, and I was for, like, oh, for,
0: for online. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. K-Toni are they ever going to do and... GTA
1: 6? They really don't have to.
0: I mean, I mean <laughs> GTA online, makes so much money. It's like last year, five, four and a half years post launch. It was like the most profitable game of the year. I think at this point, it's the most profitable entertainment franchise in history or some stupid, stupid accolade like that. I heard. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean whatever it's 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 it, you know video games make a ton of money and I'm just glad that they do because money drives creativity and uh, if people aren't making great games nobody's gonna buy them therefore the greedy people who own these big companies want to make creative people uh, have the ability to make games and that's what I care about um, so I'm into it I'm glad that you know it's hit critical mass and beyond right yeah. Are we on to games? Have Finally, we? Finally, yes. A lot okay. of things keep. We kept remembering things. It's true. It's true. Ryan Reynolds popped up, and and then, um, you know, We Happy Few was there to, to, to ruin my night. Okay. So, um, let's talk about video games. What have you been playing, Jordan? Why don't you start?
1: Uh, so, I've been spending a lot of time with my Switch. Uh huh. Um, the biggest thing
0: i've been playing is uh actually mario and Rabbids, kingdom battle yeah i think you mentioned that to me which surprised me because when you first got it it sort of hit you with a whimper not that you didn't like it in any way but you were just like okay it's pretty cool we'll see how it goes you know i think it's a game that takes a little bit to
1: get going because as you play um every time you finish a chapter of the game um, or like a stage they're set up sort of like like the original mario world one 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 two um and there's four worlds and they each have nine chapters um, and that's not just, like, that many battles. Each chapter usually has two to three fights before it's over. Nice. So, like, there, there's a lot of content there. Um, but, like, every time you finish a, ch- a a chapter segment, you get more, uh, power-up orbs. And you can also find them in chests around the world, and you can find them for, after you finish a world, you can go back and do, there's ten challenge modes that could you even more. Um, so early on, you know, you're very limited. You just have your first three party members, um they're not leveled up so they have special abilities but they're not as developed but by around the time you get to the second world and you start getting more evolved and you you have a wider cast of characters it's just a lot more fun to like see what you can do because it's it's not a super hard game um it's harder to make like level par but even then it's pretty easy to do it if you know what you're doing and right. so you, when you ha- you can't do it when
0: you first start but you learn
1: how no but but you can have like Each character has a role that they fill, and it's fun finding out what their different moves are and how they can interact together. Um, Luigi's really good at movement, so you can cover so much ground with him or with the fact that he can, like, boost other people's movements with one of his ability. Uh, Rabid Luigi has a vampire dash move that will just wreck people because he can do, like, once it's fully upgraded, it does 160 outright to to whoever he hits. um, And then leaves them where if you hit them, you can suck their HP off of them. So it's just... And those are those are the characters I like. I like Rabid Peach a lot too. I haven't even gotten all the party members yet, but I'm on the fourth world, and it's just fun. Like the the sense of movement and the freedom to do and play how you want and still prog- progress is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really fun game that uh, you know I'm almost done with, uh, and it, it keeps surprising. The third world boss, like the final boss, was a crazy surprise, and it was just an absolute delight with what uh, that fight involves.
0: That's awesome. Um, that, that is just awesome. And, you know, also you got Donkey Kong coming out. You're probably going to get that as much as you're enjoying it.
1: Yeah, no, no. I know it's been out for a, a little bit. So oh, I'm it's gonna, out? Yeah, it's been out, of, I think, oh, I since around that. E3. Oh, it kind of probably that. got lost in the news yeah, shuffle.
0: In the shuffle, yeah, yeah.
1: But no, I, I'm i very, uh, very likely to play it because those characters – uh, are are you know? <laughs> they're, characters. they're yeah they're those they're characters. very different I should say sorry like Donkey Kong can pick characters up and throw them um and he has like a boomerang and so it's just a lot of variety to to the gameplay type
0: yeah cool um well that's uh that's that's interesting I'm surprised of all the things that that's the one you grabbed um and really have gotten into but I I could see it I, the other thing about it too that's cool is. I'm looking at my switch right now and I'm looking like, boy, that is the perfect game to play in, in, in uh, undocked mode.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I play everything in undocked mode, but That's no, crazy. I, it's a, it's a good one. Um, I like like, I love the Switch's undocked feature. That's where I consider like, I'm considering getting like, I'm torn between getting dead cells on the one and the switch and I like achievements, but I also like being able to play games in bed.
0: Yeah, yeah, so for me, I'm really torn on that, too, either getting the PS4 or getting it on the Switch, just because I've heard that it chugs on Switch a little. And then I've also heard people debunk that and just be like, in a really nitpicky way once in a while, yeah, but generally speaking, it plays just fine. Like, don't, don't, you know, downplay how amazing it is to have it with you wherever you go, you know, for just a little bit of chugging. So yeah, I, I'm still, like, ready to pull the trigger and not sure what I'm going to pull it on, because i got to play that game. Um and uh, speaking of Switch stuff, so I haven't played a ton of this, but I got – were you done with um, – Yeah, uh, no, that was all – I mean, I'm, I'm still playing it, but I'll be done soon. Cool. I can't wait to hear your uh, your final thoughts and also on the Donkey Kong piece. Um, I, meanwhile, picked up um, Toad's Treasure, treasure Tracker, um, and I finally pulled the trigger on it. It is – that game, can I just tell you, that game is really hard to buy. It is really hard to buy, that game, because you just – it was – it was a side note in one of the – in in Super Mario 3D World. It was like a side quest thing. And every time I played them, although I loved them and they were fun, I always kind of wanted to get back to where I could jump again. You know, like a lot of people are pissed you can't jump. And I get it. That's the whole point. It would break everything about the game. But I was always like, okay, I did these levels. This was cool. But let me get back to the regular platforming stuff. But then I started seeing some clips of what this game is and some rave reviews about it and how it's so perfect for the Switch. And I realized that each level is so much more grand in this game. I really thought this was just like a passion project. They basically had 40 levels that they never put into the game or they had extra stuff on the cutting room floor and they wanted to like just put them out. That's the impression I got with the, Switch, with the um, Wii U version. But it turns out it's got, like, boss levels and huge dragons and all kinds of really cool stuff you would never expect. And each level is, is like, a really cool challenge, and, and it really works to the Switch's strengths, you know, moving the levels around. So I've only played the first, like, seven or eight. And there's also this new thing where you can, like, you play the level once and you go to get all the, you know, like, the uh, collectibles. There's, like, three of the le- the smaller collectibles, and then you get the star at the end. Um, and then there's also, after that, you can replay the level with um, look and look for, like, this little uh, sticker toad. And he's like hanging out in some really obscure place. You got to find him and touch the sticker. And and then you get – then you fully 100% of that level. It's really fun. Um, it's, it's hard to recommend for $40. But then again, I've only played the first seven out of what I've heard is like 70, 67 to 70 levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to go in that game for it to really win me over. Like I heard a lot of people talking about Hollow Knight, like when they'd only played three or four hours of it. And they were just like, this game is really good. You know, I dig it. And then next thing you know, it's a masterpiece. They didn't play anything like it. You know, it just took eight to ten hours to realize that. It happened yeah. to me, too. Um, so, I mean, I know that this game needs more of an investment of my time before I can, you know, give it a full assessment. Right now, though, I'm digging it. It's fun. It's good, portably. Um, you know, it's neat. You thought about buying it, but you picked something else up, right? Uh, yeah, I also picked up uh splatoon 2 okay all right this is jordan's style let me just say you're you're just like you're like beat of my own drum he, he gets a wii u a couple years back finally and he doesn't play sonic lost world and he doesn't play bayonetta 1 released or bayonetta 2 like the two games that if i were gonna lay bets i would have said you would have gotten first for your wii u <laughs> you don't buy them then you get a switch out of the blue and then you grab Bayonetta 1 and 2, like, pretty quickly. Like, I don't get it. And then, like, I guess well, the only thing to get is it's Jordan. That's what he does, right? <laughs> but, but like, also this game. Like, Splatoon 2? Really? Now? What? Like, it's just weird. I, I, what was your thinking there?
1: No, I mean, I've just always wanted to play Splatoon 2.
0: Um, Way back since I was a young whippers. All right, go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, I've always wanted to play Splatoon 2, and it is a game that... I just finally pulled the trigger on. Um, yeah. Like, it is... It is
0: I mean, like, did you ever play the first Splatoon? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I am mainly the single player, although I played online some.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never played that, so I wanted to give this a try, um, and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Give me one second if you want to give a quick thought on
0: your thoughts on Splatoon really quick. Sorry, I'll be yeah, one second. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, Splatoon 2 um, is is a fun game. It's It's really... It, it it has a really robust um single player campaign that's interesting. It's it's got like something like thirty four levels and it's it's really interesting to uh to play those levels. And then recently it got the Octo expansion, which I've heard is hard as nails, just like balls hard. Yeah. Um, and, and and I don't really I don't really understand what it is. Have you have you looked into the Octo expansion at all?
1: It's like challenge modes, basically. I mean not challenge modes, but like uh, they're more akin to single player challenges than full levels, I think. Okay, because I've
0: heard it's just really hard, but like fun, I guess. What is it like? No, it's bus?
1: it is uh, it's twenty dollars. You get I think it's about it's eighty missions. Uh huh. Um, and it's things like more precision challenges, like pushing a ball with your ink to get it to a certain place, or taking out a certain number of enemies without getting hit, and stuff like that.
0: Oh, uh, so it's a lot like uh, uh Super Luigi Brothers U kind of thing. Probably, where like where but it yeah.
1: has a narrative,
0: so it, like, okay. expands
1: the Splatoon universe, um, you know, if you're into the narrative of Splatoon, um, I've heard good things about that. I'm still finishing the campaign of Splatoon 2, um, which I I've had fun with.
0: that. It is fun.
1: Yeah, it's a fun campaign mode, but I'm, I'm honestly surprised by how fun the multiplayer is. Uh, oh, you've Splat been playing Fest. it? Yeah, I've played a lot of Splatfest. Um, that's why I haven't finished the... Uh, multiplayer just because, or the single player because it's a lot of fun just because they're really quick. They're three minute matches. Um, You can feel like you're contributing. You don't, I mean, you might, your team might not always win, but you always feel like you're making progress or doing, because it's not so much about getting kills. That helps because it'll slow the enemy team down, but it's about, you know, inking surface. Um, It's just a lot of fun. I recently got to level 10, which opened up the ranked mode,
0: uh,
1: which is the like tower control where you're like trying to push the tower to the enemy team's base to blow it up. Or, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say uh, I haven't done league battles because you have to be like a certain rank to get there, and it's a different game mode still. Um, but I don't know. It's just fun leveling up the weapons, getting new abilities for your gear, trying out like every time you level up, you get access to new variants of the different weapons. Um, and and they're constantly adding new items. I think they're planning to support it through the end of the year. Uh, so
0: there's just a lot of stuff. Um, that's, that's. I mean, that's cool. That game is, I mean, it's it's top five, certainly, for the Switch, if you ask, you know, any Nintendo fan. Um, yeah. And I've played, I actually, you know, I, me who never plays competitive multiplayer, I played quite a bit. I, I, when I say quite a bit, four or five hours total, you know, online, you know, uh, a Splatoon. And I, I participated in some of the Splatfests. Did you participate in the Worldwide Splatfest, that first one? The uh, The one with w- Japan and all that? I did the most recent octolings, one, the octolings yeah. versus oh yeah, that's, versus
1: st- kid uh, squid versus octopus.
0: Yeah, that's so. Yeah, yeah, you may not know this, but that was completely different than. I mean, it probably felt the same to play it, but it was the first worldwide one. Usually, they're split up by region, so that one was the very first time that the whole you know all the regions were brought together. At least Japan and the US. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's uh you know, and, and who won?
1: Um. I <laughs> you never even checked. You no, I did. Checked. I I was I I just got thrown. But yeah, the squids won.
0: Okay, got it.
1: Which is not the team I picked, but I didn't have.
0: Aww. Much. Oh well, that's that's. I don't even really get the point of squids versus octolings. I guess squids are the bad guys. I guess kind of. Is that? Is no, that the, the squids idea? are the good guys.
1: Um, but it's also like they're not really. It's it's part of the narrative. It's a whole thing. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's cool. I'll have to check that out sometime. Do you actually look into the lore and all that?
1: Uh, A little. Uh, Again, like, right now I'm still playing through the main campaign. I think a lot of the actual, like, the deeper stuff comes in that Octo expansion, which is why so many people like it, Uh, as well as being fun, apparently.
0: Right, and challenging Uh. and, and all of that. Which, it's always fun when Nintendo goes challenging. Like, I love the Lost Levels, the real Super Mario 2. I love... Um, I mean, some people love the Luigi U thing. I like some of those super hard-as-nails um, levels in, um, like, 3D World and, and Super Mario Bros. U and all that kind of stuff. So when they go hard, Nintendo does hard really well. So, hard but fair, you know? Yeah. Um, so, speaking of Nintendo, you didn't happen to pick up WarioWare Gold, did you? I did not. <laughs> I am not surprised. Let me just say that I have been singing the praises of WarioWare right, for like, what, five years, six years, just talking about how much I love that game, how fun it is, those micro games, and honestly, I forgot why. I have forgotten why I like those games so much, because I picked up WarioWare Gold, and it's the greatest hits collection, and basically you just play all these micro games in a couple different leagues, and that's basically that, but there's really nothing... I don't really remember why I like them so much. Um, I I was part of the Ambassador program on the 3DS, so I really enjoyed, you know, that replaying the original WarioWare. And I love Twisted. But see, that had the joy of, like, having a Game Boy Color, or not Color, Game Boy Advance, with, like, that cool Twisted gyrometer in it. And you would turn it around and do your games, and it just felt really fun and, and visceral and solid. And then Touch was probably my favorite. It was like it really emphasized the use of the 3DS. I guess that's what it is now that I'm talking it out, is the idea of each time it came out, it really took advantage of that console and showed you what was cool about it. So it was a really cool display case for you know what Nintendo's consoles could do. But, mm-hmm. now, but now we're on 3DS, not Switch, might I add. And it really, if it was on Switch, it'd be a whole different thing of, as far as my interest. But I actually, you know, dusted off my 2DS in this case. Because it's not in 3D, by the way, which is fine. And all it is is you just go in and you play it. Now, another thing, too, is Wario is heavily voiced in it. Have you heard about this? No. He has. He is. And it's done by um, the dude who does Mario and Wario. Charles um, Martinet? Yes.
1: I'm, yeah.
0: But... It's literally full sentences, like – and there's probably two – 50 minutes of dialogue from Wario. Wow. It's really weird. He's like, oh, (laughs) I don't have any money. I need to order pizza. What am I going to do? Oh, I will trick some people into making games for me. I mean, and it goes on and (laughs) on and on, and and it really is off-putting. Wario is not supposed to, like, tell you what he's thinking to that level um and so it really throws off the whole vibe of the experience at least it's the real guy who did it but i don't know it's a weird choice and then it's a really a two-hour campaign i haven't finished it because i'm just sort of dabbling in it it's a little bit fun diversion every once in a while but i'm just not enjoying it like i used to and i don't know if i grew out of it or it was never that good and i just didn't know it um but i'm gonna play some more and see how it goes but for right now i am just not having the time i expected to have with that game so
1: Well, that is unfortunate.
0: It it Um, is. It is. Luckily, there is another game that I'm having, ai would say, uh, a a 90% love, 10% um, hate relationship with, and that's Witcher 3. But do you have anything else to talk about before I dive into that?
1: uh, The only other big game I've been playing a lot of is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe.
0: Oh, uh, did you you have that from the beginning?
1: Not like the, I I played it on Wii U, but I, I only just got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay. I've actually been thinking about rebuying it. I bought it and played it a lot and then sold it to trade it for something else. And I may go back and get it because I miss having it.
1: Uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun. So this the, the the big thing is, of course, that this is essentially the Wii U game, except it did like some slight variations on characters uh, that are super minor and behind the scenes. But uh, the biggest thing is it includes all the DLC from the first game. Um, it adds a few more racers and car types. Um, but the big the big fix because I, I got all the DLC for the the Wii U version. Uh, the big thing is that they they gave it a proper battle mode. Um, for anyone who played Mario Kart 8, you know the battle mode was balloon hunt. But the, instead of creating you know dedicated tracks or even recreating the old ones, they made it so that you could race on like the actual race tracks. Uh, the problem there being they're so big that you could spin most all of the map not seeing
0: anybody or not really yeah. fighting. Uh, so it made for a really lame battle mode. And and demonstrating very clearly how important multiplayer level design is. Yes. Uh,
1: this game brings in eight uniquely crafted, um, or well, it brings in, I think it's mostly new. There might be some old battle arenas. I don't think there are, but the, it's mostly new battle arenas uh that you you know race and balloon fight on but there are also four other battle modes that are a lot of fun there's uh the, my least favorite is uh so balloon cha- balloon fight is where you you know you have five balloons you try to hit other people to get points if you lose all your balloons you lose half your points whoever has the most points at the end wins uh coin chasers is just you know is as simple as it sounds your goal is to have the most coins by the end of the map if you get hit you drop three coins and you know you can go and collect them bob Blast is a lot of fun. In that one, all the item boxes are replaced with just having bombs in them, or bob bombs. And there's a lot more of them, and you can hold up to ten at a time. So it's just, you know, bombing chaos of, like, trying to bomb people and destroy their balloons. Um, the, my favorite mode is uh, Shine Thief, where you have a Shine Sprite from Mario Sunshine. Uh, there's one of them, and you have to grab it, and your goal is to hold onto it for 20 seconds total. Um, while other people hit you and knock it out of you And you know your time carries over So your goal is just to for a total of 20 seconds Throughout the whole match Have held on to it um, So it's really chaotic because once you have it everyone's after you It's a lot of fun And the most original mode is um, The oh, What's it called Renegade roundup I want to say Okay. Um, and in this you're it's a team match So you're six members on each team um, One half is like the cops The other half are the renegades Uh, The cops have piranha plants on the front of their cars, and their goal is to chase down and, like, eat the people and put them in prison. Um, And then the prisons themselves have locks, so if you drive through it and you're one of the renegades, you can free your teammates. Uh, And, you know, just before time runs out, either the cops catch everyone or the renegades stay free, and that's the whole game mode. And it's just a lot of variety on the eight maps, and you can change things up. It, of course, has customization options, but... It's just a really fun party mode I've been playing it a lot with my fiance and uh, like they, they did right by adding to it um, and the cool thing is you know they they just released new DLC for it that is just just a very small thing they, they added links um, breath of the wild outfit to his character um, but they have said that they are planning more release and more contents maybe even like full new DLC for the game in the future
0: makes sense? I mean, it yeah. really, these games have lives the, – they're evergreen. I mean, that game, especially in the deluxe, you know, greatest hits basically format, and also games like Splatoon, I, I, I was surprised that you said they're only planning to support it through the year. I'm surprised it doesn't get two more years, you know? I mean, it really – I guess that's Splatoon 3 time then, huh? Uh, assumedly. Yeah, I mean – But I the, think,
1: like, generally it seems like Nintendo is – not that they're not going to make any more sequels, but they seem to be – finally embracing the idea of, of DLC and games as a service more and letting them last longer. Yeah. Um, I think Splatoon has been the biggest example of that with how much support that's gotten. But you see Mario Kart coming back. You see um, Smash Brothers being as big as it is. And this idea that may you know they're, they're, they tend to have in the past been like one game per franchise per system. Um, and I think this is like they want the Switch to last way longer than the Wii U did.
0: So updating those games is a good way to go. Definitely, definitely, very cool. Um, Now they
1: just need Mario Maker Switch,
0: and it'll be perfect. I I know, and and it needs to not be like the 3DS one. Yeah. Um. So I am going to say, as a segue, speaking of games that have new life years later, um, The Witcher Three is one of those games that when people talk about it, they talk talk about it in in hushed, revered, revering tones. Um, CD Projekt Red has become like the darlings of the game development industry, and Witcher Three is now considered, you know, one of the greatest games of our generation, if not of all time. Especially of open world RPGs, of its own brand, anyway. It's it's as good as it gets. People say. You played it. I'd love for you to start out and tell me sort of what what your experience is, how far you got, because I've been playing it. I'm like ninety hours in. I'm, it, it became my life. Every time I have free time, that's what I do. Um, almost to. I don't want to say the game's detriment, but to my life's detriment. Um, It's not really a very healthy game to play to the level I've been playing it. I just – it's so hard to stop playing. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me about your mileage with that game. Uh, It's very fun.
1: I played it at a point – when it first came out, I tried it, and it was – it has a very bad opening. Um, Not like a terrible opening, but the opening makes it feel like it's still going to be The Witcher 2.
0: It sure does. Um, boy, you're so right. I, I I know you said that. I just flashed back to you saying that in the past, but – and now I now that I've played it, I, I couldn't agree more.
1: So The Witcher 2 was built around like very small self-contained areas that would – sort of like a Mass Effect game where it would be like there's this region and you can do stuff in it, but it's very limited. Um, and that was kind of The Witcher 2 when you progress through the story. You'd go from region to region. This one still has regions, but it's more – open, more Skyrim, more, like, big, big world that you can, you're free to explore as long as you're willing to, like, run into things that might kill you very easily, um, and there's just a lot more to do and a lot more side quests, and once the game, once you get past that, the game opens up, and it's very, it's overwhelming,
0: (laughs) honestly, because you can spin. Question marks that appear on the, on the level, and they're everywhere, and they're never not everywhere, like, there's, I mean, I played 90 hours, and my Skellige is still completely packed with question marks.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I put probably around 40 hours into it, um, and just stopped, and like that, that is a game which it's very hard to come back to, because it does teach you a lot of itself, and then you yeah. kind of have to yep. try to figure it out, um, but it had a very good story, I was progressing, it's very easy to get lost in side quests. Um, especially I just especially when
0: it, everybody tells you that they're the best part of the game in large part, you know?
1: Yeah, but I also remember enjoying the story, uh, it, it does, like, you spend a lot of time getting pulled into other stuff, so I... I never got as fully engaged into it, uh, as early as I was, so, um... How far did you get? I got, like, to when you first meet up with, um, not Yennefer, but Trish? Is that her Uh, name?
0: Oh, yeah, uh, so you got to, wow, that's, that's still pretty, uh, that's like... That's well well so the thing about that is you can do that at a lot of points like you can meet up with trip so the basically the game is broken down like this there's White Orchard which is the tutorial area and it's basically a small microcosm of what a big area will be like when you get to it so it's got a couple question marks a couple quests a little bit of main story one contract etc one one blacksmith um, a couple decisions that'll break your heart you know just a smattering and then you go to Velen is the first big area and actually it's the biggest area in the game Um, And it is the second area and it's completely overwhelming. When you get to Velen, like that game becomes The Witcher 3 in Velen. Um, But like you said, it's very, um, it's very huge and intimidating. But what's weird is Velen has is so big. That it has all these, like, adjoined areas. Some of them have little water in between them. And then it also has two little cities, or one little city called Oxenfurt, which is almost a little enclave onto itself. And then Novigrad, which, although it's the same map and it loads in the same way, it's seamless, it's really considered its own region. It's actually got its own icon when you go out to the scroll zoom out the map and go look at the map, larger map. So, interestingly, the, the way it works is you do White Orchard, of course, at the beginning, it takes four, four hours. Then you get to Velen. And then there's this big, bloody Baron quest that you do that takes you all over Velen, or at least uh, a third or half of Velen. And then after that, you would go to see Triss and, and start the Novigrad portion of the quest. But before then, you could easily go see her way earlier than that if you wanted to. So, yeah. um, now there are some artificial blockers, or I would, I would say they're actually done pretty well, where if you want to get through gates or you want to get through walls or or different like blockades that armies put up you got to get like letters of reference and you know papers because there's this big war going on which is the backdrop of the game um you know that all the other stuff happens in the um foreground of um but you could have been 40 hours in or you could have been 24 hours in and seen tris it's you know what i mean like so that's why i'm trying to understand how much of Velen do you think you did
1: uh, I probably, I mean, I spent uh, most of my game time there. I mean, I'm, it's hard to fully remember all how it's all broken down, but I, a good bit, I would yeah. think.
0: You played a lot. If you played 40 hours, it's half what I've played, and like, at 40 hours, I had done a lot. I mean, I've just gotten to the point now where I want all the Witcher gear, because the Witcher gear is the best gear in the game. Every reviewer says, don't bother with anything but the Witcher gear, so that's all I do, which is kind of a, honestly... And here's the thing about this game that I, I would like to say, and I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, but it's such a big game that this, listening to me jump all over the place talking about it, is kind of very accurate in describing this game. Because it really is, like, very jumpy like that. So, um, the, the, uh, the regular weapon, there's a lot of things about this game I don't love. So, like, weapons. Um, there's tons of stuff to craft and build. You find all kinds of over-leveled blueprints and under-leveled blueprints and all this kind of stuff all over the place. But as soon as you're two levels above a sword that you find, or even a blueprint that you could craft a sword from, it's useless. So you could like do a quest that's slightly below your level, and like this, the weapon you get as a reward is awesome. It's a named weapon. It's got sick auxiliary stats. But unfortunately, its damage is way under where you are now. So you really have no reason to get it. So I have all this sick gear that I'm just putting in my my chest just because I don't want to get rid of, like, this special sword that was given to me by the dude from Skellige once I earned his trust, you know? I can't sell that because mm-hmm. it, it means something. And so the game has a real identity crisis with its weapons and its armor and all. And really its leveling is not that great. Like, all of those trappings of this game, they're fun, but they, there's so much polish that could be done there. And it could be so much better. It's kind of disjointed. But anyway... Really, there's all this gear aside from the Witcher gear, and the Witcher gear is basically, like, legendary or or, or epic, whatever the best gear is in any game, and it's green-colored. And there's no reason to get anything else because there is Witcher gear for level 21... There's Witcher gear for level 23, there's Witcher gear for 25, 26, 28, or 29, 30, 34. I mean, throughout the game, you'll always have Witcher gear that's better than all the other gear if you do a couple treasure quests. So it basically Mm -hmm. makes all of the weapons and armor that aren't Witcher gear, which basically means you have four sets of armor and weapons, and that's all that's relevant. So that's disappointing. Um, I try to, like ignore it a bit and i've heard people going on like youtube or or places talking about like i played the game and ignored the witcher gear purposely because otherwise it would make all this awesome gear in the game completely obsolete and unimportant so that's an interesting little aspect if you want to play the game that way i suppose you could um for me i have trouble not not playing an rpg min maxing i just i just can't really do it um i'm not that guy um also, like, the game's a little e- really hard for the first si- five or six levels. Like, the first area of White Orchard's really tough, and then you get to, like, level seven or eight, and all of a sudden everything's a cakewalk. And mm-hmm. yet, I still don't want to turn up my my difficulty, um, because I worry then that the couple really hard things are going to be too hard. And also, I don't want to be that guy who's, like, breaking the, the illusion of the game by going in and tweaking difficulty settings. That just fucks with my vision of the game. You know what I mean? It's like I'm playing Oz. I'm behind the curtain, and and I don't feel right doing that. Um, So I wish the game had some kind of automatic, like, difficulty scaling, or made the weapons level with you when you do quests, or something like that. And there is a thing you can turn on. People that played this game are probably like, you can do that. You can turn on a thing that makes the enemies scale. And you can, but then... It throws the rhythm of the game off and the weapons don't scale. The experience you get doesn't scale. So all you're doing is making it harder and you don't get better rewards that are commensurate with that increased difficulty. So those are some issues I have. Also, once you play it for a really long time like I have, you get to the point where you kind of want to skip through the dialogue a little bit quicker (laughs) to get – you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it it just gets a little bit tedious. I love the stories in that game, Where there's a lot of smaller side quests where it's like, oh, okay, here's the 15th person who's, whose son or daughter or wife is cursed, and I gotta come remove the curse, so what are you gonna say? Oh, they're cursed. Oh, you're so sad. Oh, this uh, nymph or... Or, or, or Necker or whatever did it. I mean, it's just a lot of the stuff in that game is very cookie-cutter. Now, all that I'm saying makes it sound like, you know, I got issues with the game. And I'll go even further. The combat's not that great. And everybody always said that to me. Everybody's like, the combat's not that great, but it doesn't matter. It's a masterpiece. It doesn't fucking matter. And it really doesn't. All of this stuff together, leveling system too. The combat system, I'll start with that. You you, you swipe your sword. Sometimes the even even patched two years later, sometimes you swipe your sword against an enemy and you don't like hear the contact because it's glitched. Sometimes you're swiping stuff and it hits two enemies. Sometimes it doesn't. It's janky. Um, when you're in combat mode, you can't jump, so you can get stuck behind trees and boats. I mean, there's a lot of janky shit in that game. Also, the leveling system is these abilities, and when you unlock them, you then have to slot them into these places that are very limited off to the right. So instead of giving you like a path of, of leveling up like other games do, this one gives you abilities you can just buy, and there's a little bit of a tiered system for what you can buy when, but then you have to slot them in somewhere else. You have to basically double, double select skills, and so you basically are buying skills that you'll use sometimes, and then other times maybe not. And then the other part of it is they have this thing where you match mutagens of the same color up with skills. So you want so it kind of leads you in the direction of having all the same color skills, even if that isn't kind of the mix you wanted for your character. People that have played it will understand what I'm saying. If you haven't played it, just just sort of understand that it's 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 original, but I don't know that it works. What do you think about all that stuff?
1: Um, I mean the stuff you're saying is makes sense. I like yeah, I don't remember it being a game that I was, like, dying to, to fight stuff in or, like, I didn't love the inventory management. But I, at the same time, like, I felt like it was there for people who wanted it, but it was very good at getting out of its own way. Uh, if, if Assuming you're not on the highest difficulty. Like, you don't I need don't, it. You're right. Like, I didn't go super out of my way to get the, the, the treasure. I mean, I think I chased a couple down. Right. But also, like, I never felt super handicapped for not having it.
0: Oh, definitely uh, not. Well, like I said, the game gets very doable yeah and so
1: it was always like it seemed like it 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 was it did a good job of of being as hardcore as you wanted it to be
0: yeah yeah and you can yeah you can really go in there and, and fiddle with knobs and get that game to level up with you to have a harder difficulty that really punishes you to not let you heal by meditating and there's also things i like about it that are improvements like for example i love that once you craft a potion the first time it refills every time you rest so instead of having to constantly craft potions as consumables, they're basically uh, an unlock. So once you unlock Thunderbolt potions, every time you rest, which is all the time, you get five of your Thunderbolts left. Kind of like a takeaway from Dark Souls where you rest at the uh, fire, right? The, the What do you call it? I guess the fire? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's campfire. Campfire, yeah, you're right. Um, or well, you so, can
1: meditate, right?
0: Yeah, you meditate. But what I'm saying is it, it's, it's like that. It's just it's like the campfires thing, sort of, and then it got, refills, yeah okay and it bonfires bonfires sorry bonfires yeah, yeah. thank you. But it refills your potions in this, and that's what I love about it. And your and your oils. So that was a really smart decision. The best thing about this game, probably for me, is the main narrative. I think the side quests. Everybody always said they're so good, and I think I got that impression also from the fact that everybody said Witcher Two had the best side quests ever. That they're better than the main game. And in that game, maybe they were. But in this game. I really feel like the best quests are the Baron's quest, Triss's quest, and uh, the whole chase for Siri Dandelion. That stuff kills. And in a game where you have these characters that have been going for five or six books or more than that even, um, and you know this is the third game, that they still can make their, their their core cast of four or five characters compelling and interesting and tell unique stories this way is just a real triumph for me. And I am just really drawn through playing it, and I want to do every quest. I want to do every contract. Do all that DLC? Uh, well, that that's a whole nother story. <laughs> this game is so huge that I'm at 90 hours, and I haven't even thought about the DLC. And I'm gonna have to take a pause because if I didn't, this is all I'd play for a year. I mean, it's that big. Yeah, um, it's that it's that huge. Now, I would say the overwhelm is a big is is probably maybe the best and the worst part of this game because it I'll I'll sit down knowing I have two hours at night to play it. And I'll plan on like doing one main quest and some catch up on some side stuff. And I'll just come in and I'll be like, Oh, well, I gotta get that treasure, it's over there and oh I gotta do this side quest, it's right here and oh I kinda wanna knock out those two contracts while I'm in the area. Next thing you know, it's been two and a half hours. I'm not getting as much sleep as I should and I still haven't done the main quest, you know? So it's a huge time sink. So I'd say if you have, like, a summer break or a winter break and you can really just sit down for two or three weeks to play this game, that's, like, the best way to experience it. Trying to squeeze it into a real life lived is hard. And that's taking away from the experience uh, for me. Life getting in the way, right? Yeah. But... um it's really, really fun, and when you add it all up, it's better than some of its parts. The combat's pretty fun, you know, janky but fun. The leveling is still something I look forward to. Um, but the main thing about it is the great storytelling. Were there? What did you think of the Baron story that everybody raves about?
1: No, it's really good. I mean, it's really early on, and it helps hook you into the the campaign and just the idea that the side stories can be as affecting and um, impactful as the other
0: stories in the game, the main stories. Right, right, exactly. So anyway, it's a it's a really cool game that I'm really enjoying and I I I'm looking forward though to it ending so that I can play something else because I'll never play anything if I just keep playing Witcher 3. Yeah. And I and for people that don't know, like I waited on this game because I knew I didn't have the time to invest in it. When it came out, I had finished 2 and I was like I'm ready for 3, but I just never was ready to pull the trigger because I knew how big it was. And with the expansions that it has, Heart of Stone and and uh, they people say that uh, Blood and Wine is the best that game ever gets, um, and that is like the third and final expansion. It's the end of Geralt's story, um, but I'm really pumped on it. I actually uh, downloaded the sample on Kindle of the first book by uh, Andrev Sapowski, Sapowski, Sip- Sipow- something like that, um, and I read like the first story in it, which is actually really good. And um, there's a Netflix series coming, so I mean, I'm really, I'm like hardcore into The Witcher right now, and it's. Uh, it's to the detriment of my life, but I'm okay with that at, so, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I need to, I need it to end. I need it to end at least temporarily. I need to finish that main campaign and then put it on the back burner for a while. Um, I wonder how it's going to be coming back to it, though. You can't even fathom, like, jumping back in, right?
1: No, I might at some point just because it, it is. I'm a little, you know, now I kind of want to get back to it. But it, it's, it's intimidating.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, honestly, it's one of those games that an hour from playing it, you'll be back. Um, it's. It, it seems like it'd be harder to get back into, but I think an hour of playing and 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 you would be back. Um, just 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 knowing you and and how you are with games. But anyway, I'll report on it more as I play more of it. Um, and finish the story. But I'm just. I mean, it's 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 the best of times and the worst of times to quote. Um, Charles Dickens. So. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's it for what we've been playing, right? Yeah. Let's finalize with... We talked a little about the games we're looking forward to coming up. Let's talk short-term. Next two weeks. What are you playing? And um, watching. And watching. And watching. Uh, Just well, to complicate matters. In watching,
1: we're, we're finishing catching up on some shows from last season uh, that we fell behind on, like um, Jane the Virgin, Supergirl, Black Lightning. Um, so those are some of the big ones we've been watching. Uh, we're also finally going to start Handmaid's Tale Season 2.
0: Okay, did you like uh, one? I don't know if I ever heard your, your take on it. No,
1: yeah, I enjoyed one a lot. I, I do think it's it's like a show that is a little hard to want to watch just because it yeah. is so the bad guys win. Yeah, yeah. Um, at but, least but no, it is well made and well acted. Yeah, cool. Um, on gaming, I will be finishing up Mario and Rabbids. And I'm tempted by Dead Cells, so I might be picking that up, but I'm not sure yet.
0: The whole narrative is just so surrounding that right now. It's so hard to go anywhere on gaming press and not have played Dead Cells because it's such a... It's an interesting blend, right? It's it's a mix of roguelike, which you love, and um, and then Metroidvanias, which I love. And I, and I actually really enjoyed, like, Rogue Legacy and, and a couple other... Uh, you know, a little bit of Isaac. So, like, I like some of the roguelite stuff. Um, so I really want to check it out, and I hope that... I hope that it's as good as people say. I'm, I'm just a little... I don't really even, as many reviews as I've listened to and plagiarized reviews as I've listened to, I still don't quite know what that game feels like to play. So, I will, yeah. this weekend, I will be diving into that. And, of course, I'm going to jump in anyway and play some We Happy Few. Uh, it just has to be done. As a Bioshock yeah. fan and uh, somebody who's been rooting for this game from the beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, cool. Where can they find us, Jordan? Uh, you can find us at thejoyofgaming.com.
1: You can find us at thejoygeek.net. Uh, Facebook, the joy of geek, uh, Twitter, the joy at the joy of game. Um, you can find me personally at Indigo master E N D I G O M A S T E R on Twitter, as well as Jordan for all my written stuff and Facebook.com slash Jordan writer.
0: And you can find me at Rich Lapore on Twitter. And, um, we are also going to be bringing both podcasts to more, um, uh, different areas. We'll announce more on that later, but there'll be other, um, carriers that you'll be able to get the podcast from so if there's another that's your favorite like stitcher um we will be up there soon working on uh, got that in the works in the background um kevin and i so expect to see more um proliferation of the joy of geek joy of gaming um podcast uh on that note i'm rich lapore
1: jordan Alseka,
0: and we'll see you soon take care